Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Easing into hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show. It is hump day. Yes, it is. <laughs> and we are rolling over the hump. I was glad to have a little bit of a break between the two hours because y'all know I was warm last hour over this border situation. In the words of the great Judge Judy, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Or I don't need to see these Republicans going down there acting like they're trying to raise awareness to Joe Biden, who knows good and dang well what's going on at the border. Okay, shut it down. And I don't care how many vehicles you got to use i don't care if it's buses trains automobiles evs or whatever round them up and get them out of here round them up and get them out of here and shut down this government it's time uh i don't even know if it's savable at this point but if we had the guts to round up and deport all the people in this country illegally um we could save america we absolutely could but do you guys think that there's any chance of that? Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. If you miss any part of the show last hour or this hour, don't forget the podcast. Download it wherever you get your pods. I'm going to read a couple emails out. I got some great emails uh, from you guys. So I do read them and I try to save some time to read them on air. Before I go any further, somebody else that you can email and share your opinions with is this guy. It is DJ Sesame Broccolini. Yeah, uh, I actually want to hear from people. If you'd like to ever reach out mm-hmm. to me on X, it's at Riley Lewis 760. I'm very curious. Can we still save this country? Is there is there really still time? And even mm-hmm. if even even if we act now, because we ha- we have to start acting, I don't think we can survive another four years of the Biden administration or the uniparty regime or even these weak yeah. GOP establishment types. We need yeah. a gunslinger and a real leader, somebody like Trump and desperately and now. Yeah. And, you know, Trump needs to, he's going to have a town hall, I guess. There's going to be, the Iowa caucuses are in a couple of weeks. Uh, there's going to be, I guess, a debate, <laughs> if, you could, <laughs> if you could think of it as that, between Nikki Haley and DeSantis. Oh. Um, as well, uh, yes. Okay. And then on the same night, Trump is going to have a town hall on Fox. Um, uh, th- I-, I don't know who would be watching uh, Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley, particularly after Nikki Haley with the Civil War comment, just completely disastrous. You know, they, I, I think that the play for the establishment was really, they were really hoping and working uh, with the partners in the deep state, thinking that Trump would, would be convicted and then they would shove her to the forefront. And then if not, then the uh, plan B is her SVP. But after that un- that unforced error with the Civil War answer, um, it's, you know, she said today, we're going to win. There's no doubt about it. And she says it, she said it in a way, I didn't think to pull the clip, but now that I think about it, it was almost like Nancy Pelosi. Because Nancy Pelosi would say, oh, we're going to get, we're going to get what we want out of here. And people would be like, how? You don't have the majority. And you know what? She would get what she wanted out of it because of the forces within the establishment and the uniparty. And that's almost how Nikki Haley was sounding. It's either that or she's just completely deranged. 
because there is nobody, nobody uh, lining up to, you know, to uh, for her to be president of the United States. Um, I, I, I want to, well, we might as well stay on that topic. I do want to get to Claudine Gay and the DEI, that, that the disaster that she is for DEI and how the left is rallying behind her to try to salvage <laughs> DEI. But we might as well stay on this Trump in uh, primary um, uh, co- part of the conversation because I did pull an interesting clip from somebody named Bill McGurn today. And I thought he actually had some really interesting comments and perspective on um, the Republican race. And he was asked whether or not um, Nikki Haley or DeSantis, the other the other presidential you know primary candidates would be doing better, but for these indictments against him. And I thought his his answer uh, was actually really insightful, believe it or not, even though he's clearly on the side of the establishment candidates. Sess me if you can play the Bill McGurn clip. Your guess is a good mine. We don't know what might have been. But I think Donald Trump's decision not to uh, appear in the debates among the Republican candidates um, effectively marginalized those debates. They look like a sideshow. You know, they still look like a sideshow because all the other candidates added together don't don't beat Trump. And I think that's only possible because of the drumbeat on the left um, going after Trump in these uh, arbitrary, I think, unconstitutional ways has helped them. Uh, you know, from the Trump voters' point of view, this is only a continuation of the administration when you had the FBI using a Hillary-manufactured dossier to investigate his campaign. And yep. I think it's just continued and it's distracting us. And I, I think it really hurt the other Republican candidate. I actually agree with everything he said there. Anything you disagree with, Sesame? No, that was spot on, actually. I'm surprised. I mean, truly, yeah. that, that, that's it. And it, it, it's just it, I don't know if Democrats ever put two and two together, but they have kept Trump relevant and made him more relevant than ever before. And I thank them for that. For that much, at least, you know, <laughs> I disagree with well, everything they well, do, but they've kept him in the conversation and not through good means. However, because that's obviously that's none of the persecution is good. However, the silver lining is that we've seen just how big the deep state is and the extreme lengths they're willing to go to. And that is a good thing for the average American, for the voters to see, especially with less than one year to go until Election Day. Well, one of the things I think he missed in the analysis, though, is that, um, you know, did it um, hurt them? Yes, but I don't think in the same way that he means. I I think that just as though Trump has continued to expose the depths of the deep state beyond what any of us realized, he also continues to expose the rest in the Republican Party. Were these debates sideshows? Yeah, but you know what? They were really interesting because had, uh, because it revealed who they are. It showed me once and for all the, the, they all had as, as it showed all their weakness, the other weaknesses and strengths of all the other candidates. It provided an opportunity for Vivek Ramaswamy to, 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 um, to stand out as a star because Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis both completely failed 
completely failed, particularly Ron DeSantis, who has been the most conservative governor. And so he had a tremendous opportunity. Did these indictments hurt him? Was Bill McGurn correct that it's a constant reminder to, to MAGA and to uh, conservative voters how much we fight, how big the deep state is, and that and it's really about coming for us and not just Trump? Absolutely. And Ron DeSantis had an opportunity to recognize that, just like Vivek Ramaswamy did. And given his record in Florida, had he come out as forceful against that in the same way Vivek Ramaswamy did, but just say, I think I'm the better person to handle that, he, it might be a completely different race. But he failed. He failed because he decided to listen to, for a couple of reasons, I th- don't think he ever really see, saw the deep state. Uh, as as evil as it is, in part because he is an Ivy League former JAG officer. Guy came out of Harvard Law. He is he is in some ways squishy when it comes to the social stuff. He is not as anti woke uh, as he pretends to be. And he and I've been asking questions since I liked what he did with with stuff with COVID. I've been asking questions about where he stood on the deep state. And by Trump not being in those debates and by the Democrats coming after him and using the Department of Justice against him, we've been able to clearly see who is on the side of right in this situation. And it's not Ron DeSantis. And oh, by the way, let's do a deep dive into the true conservatism beyond COVID and the state being more free than other states. It still was not 100% free. And what else has really been the hallmark of his conservatism? That he said that the supposed don't uh, say gay bill um, stops school teachers from shoving LBGT down the throats of, of kids up to the third grade. What about fourth graders? I, I don't think that he is in any way close to being the same, uh, the conservative he pretends to be. Your thoughts, Sesame? Well, I, th- I think he's, I think he's been, I, I actually think his, some of his policies have been pleasantly surprising in some ways. I think he's been at least reasonably tougher than his, than his colleagues on abortion, which is something I like to see. True. Um, That's true. You know, and, and, and I would like to see what he would do about the border. And I'd like to see if he has the, the spine and the stones to really start deporting people and to try to build a wall because that's what needs to happen. But I will say this. The indictments did not hurt DeSantis or Nikki Haley. They hurt themselves. Truly, they've they've had every opportunity over the past year and a half, two years, to show us why they could finish the job that Trump started, why they would be the best option for 2024, why they are perfectly suited to take on the Biden regime. And they just haven't given us any good reasons. In fact, oftentimes, if you listen to them talking, they'll they'll reuse the same talking points that you hear from the Biden administration over and over yeah. and over again, especially when it comes to going after Trump. So yeah. to your point about being squishy, I, I think I mean, I, I don't I don't know how conservative ideologically DeSantis is, but I will say politically he has not done a good job of demonst- of making his case to the American people and certainly not to MAGA. I mean, there's really there's there's liked- no. There's no hook. There's he's he's given me no reason to choose him over Trump. And it's the same from Nikki yeah. Haley. So they only have themselves to blame when it comes to their dropping poll numbers. You look at how poorly their campaigns are doing. It's a self-inflicted wound. They can blame yeah. and point the finger all they want and make excuses. But the fact that they will make those excuses proves to me why they're not ready for the job and why yeah. they're not fit for it. 
That well, says everything DeSantis, to me. Well, and DeSantis's team is complaining that, you know, people are, would rather they care about charisma instead of job performance. Well, that's the nature of the game. Okay, that's the way it is. You know, who's got charisma? Charisma matters. Name recognition matters. Okay, uh, don't waste your time complaining about the situation. You've got to deal with it and deal with what the situation is, not what you want it to be. And before he decided to pressure his Republican lawmakers, which, oh, by the way, a lot of his success was paved for him with a Republican-controlled legislature. He, we don't know what a Ron DeSantis would do if he faced an internal opposition mm -hmm. like Trump did mm -hmm. with the Republican establishment in D.C. But, but you know, um, DeSantis needed to, before he decided to pressure his friends in the Republican Party to change the law so that he could remain governor and run for president, which is hardly a conservative move, um, he needed to assess the situation on the ground and say, you know what, um, my, and, and, he, and his people in his circle needed to be honest with him enough to say, you know, really going up against him, a folk hero at this point, who was, was denied his reelection, who is being persecuted and people are rallying behind him. This really isn't the time. How about you go, you, you continue to stay close with Trump. You offer to go on in the VP and that's how you ride yourself into the white house. That would have been smart. And every step of the and way, by the way, a lot of people would have been excited about that ticket. Yes. A lot of people oh, yeah. would have been very eager about that ticket. So it would have been a win-win. We can raise, lift all boats, and we can really consolidate a conservative agenda and then actually put it on the ballot. Because when, conserv when real conservative policies are on the ballot, it's a slam dunk. It's a no-brainer for people. We just haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, and so... Instead, he's now jeopardized his entire his entire future because he has joined in with the deep state um, and is hoping to benefit from it and never, ever speaks forcefully against it. Um, and that is is a problem for me. Um, speaking of woke, we're going to take a break. We come back. One of the things Republicans don't do that I admire the Democrats is they rally behind anybody. If DeSantis had rallied behind Trump the way the left is rallying behind Claudine Gay today, if the Republican Party had rallied behind Trump the way the Democrats are rallying behind Claudine Gay, what could we have gotten accomplished in 2017 through 2020? We're going to talk about Claudine Gay, who's sitting right now on a on a stack of, of income every year still of $900,000 a year. We're going to talk about uh, her when we come back. A.K. Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. <laughs> During the break, I was just uh, thinking about how it must be great in some ways to be a Democrat, particularly you know with this whole woke thing, right? I've said this many times before. 
because it's so um, it's so liquid, it's so fluid. Isn't that the word that they love? Because it's it, it's there's no principles attached to it, no integrity. You get to change the rules at a whim. Of course, you're never responsible for anything. Everything's always somebody else's fault. You're always a victim, so you're completely entitled to having whatever you want whenever you want it. Uh, don't have to work hard. You just you know you get to be a loser. You get to be stupid. You get to be lazy have achieved nothing. And if you want to boost uh, your resume, you just steal the work of somebody else. I mean, you know, how do I get in on this? It's just fabulous. Um, and, and I envy it because it's working a lot for the Democrats, right? They certainly rally around each other in a way that is is to be admired. Uh, after, after Claudine Gay uh, I think there's been a total of 47 accusations of plagiarism. After the uh, the final six came through, Claudine Gay was forced to resign, but not by, not the way Al Gore did. Who remembers Al Gore's concession speech that he finally made after the Supreme Court ruled on Bush v. Gore? It was actually so good. It was like, where has this guy been? This guy might have legit won if he had shown th that he was this person. Remember how he talked about um, that he needed to, he needed to hear the message and then he needed to go back to Tennessee and mend some fences literally and figuratively. I mean, dude, dude chewed a pine cone and dude was humble and said, I'm, I'm, I'm chewing this, this pine cone, uh, and, and on top of a slice of humble pie. She didn't do that. No, she claimed the victimhood. And then man, have they rallied behind her and facts us me. Um, there's a montage of the media all rushing to defend poor little Claudine Gay, who gets to keep her $900,000 salary. And of course, liberal pundits are going to bat for Gay. Listen. What happened to Claudine Gay was mob pressure. There is this sort of open war on black progress, black history. Um, Claudine Gay, <laughs> the president uh, of Harvard University, at least up until she resigned, um, is now the latest casualty of that. There very much is a racial uh, component. I don't think it's fair to say all of her critics were racist, but certainly a few of them were. It looks as though she was targeted. The fact that she's a black woman and the first person uh, who is a, a black American to lead Harvard uh, only added to their thirst to dethrone her. <laughs> what a bunch of malarkey. To quote Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, their their thirst. She was hunted. That <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 this new term that they're saying that plagiarism, calling her out for plagiarism, is somehow a new weapon of conservatives. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Uh, by the way, somebody posted today. There was a there was was it somebody a professor or the president of Stanford, white guy, uh, that resigned among questions of plagiarism. Look, Joe Biden, white dude, Joe Biden stepped down in 1980. Uh, from running for president because he was busted on what? Plagiarism, right? Um, but now, uh, what, what I found interesting in the montage is, you know, uh, this is, they had to go after her because they can't stand black progress. Um, I think that that part of the montage really resonated with me because that's what it's all about, that there needs to be progress in terms of promotions and positions regardless of qualifications, regardless of merit, simply because of somebody's skin, skin color, to the point to where even when, and I think it should be criminal, 
I think that when you have stolen somebody's work and presented it as your own, when it comes to literature, I think it actually should be considered criminal. You've stolen somebody's property in no different manner than if you'd gone into the broke the window of their car and stole their laptop. That is somebody's intellectual property. And actually, I do think, uh, no, I guess it's civil. It's not, it's not uh, uh, breaking the law criminally. It should be. And so, but that's, that's all they care about. That's what DEI is all about. In fact, um, I follow this guy on Instagram and he's Damien Felder, I think his name is. His, um, his name is all kind of squished together in a way that I don't think does him justice. It's the Damien or the Damani Felder. And he's an African-American guy. And I think in his picture, he's got Trump on his shirt. Yeah, in, in his, um, what's that called? Profile pic. And he says, the people who benefit from DEI initiatives that are, are the most lazy, are the most, are, are who benefit from DEI initiatives the most are lazy, entitled, uneducated, underqualified, racist, black and brown people. And no, I will not apologize for saying that. I can't, I can't argue with him there, Sesame, can you? No, and it's sad. It's a shame, but people need to see what's really going on here. This whole DEI agenda is nothing but fruit from the poison tree. And the fact that people are trying to blame this on race, such a weak red herring, should tell you everything about the unserious times that we're living in. The fact that the AP will say things like duplicative language, or she lifted passages from other scholars instead of calling it plagiarism. That's what it is. She got fired because she violated Harvard's own rules, and even then still, because the left takes care of their own, she still has a cushy job at Harvard University and presumably still has her nearly $1 million a year salary. So it's not even like she's really being punished. Let's give up this whole fake victim act because barely anything's changing. This is a slap on the wrist at best. I think that she should be barred from working at Harvard ever again. But that's just me. Well, Harvard actually, Harvard's statement was actually that they didn't want, you know, they begrudgingly accepted her resignation. The only reason why she did and they did, she wanted to stop the bleeding because of the plagiarism. That Harvard was never going to fire her. People have been posting memes on my social media. Oh, yeah, it's fine. You resign when you're going to be fired. Harvard was never going to fire her, mm-hmm. regardless of how many, but because that's how committed they are to uh, to DEI, which is systemic discrimination against white people. And she was the face of DEI. And they have to rally behind her as a victim to cover up the crimes that she's committed. Sound familiar? This is the playbook of the DOJ, right? They've got to cover up the crimes, the FBI and the DOJ, cover up the crimes of the Democrats and the elites uh, while they persecute and prosecute the rest of America. And it's it's part of the same playbook. And it's absolutely despicable. Harvard doesn't care anything about Jewish students, which is how this whole thing began um in, in fact i don't like that that elise stefanik is claiming victory here this this she is not gone from harvard she's only out of this position um still making the salary it was this was performative no apologies um, no sign of remorse no, no real consequences no, no pain that's been inflicted no justice for the students that had to live in fear while she downplayed anti-semitism and calls for jewish genocide this is Again, she, like you're saying, as long as she stays with the leftists, they will take care of her. And as long as it's politically, politically expedient for 
the left-wing mob to protect her, they will do so. It's all about politics and power. That's all the leftists right. know. It's not about principle. It's not about justice. It's all about protecting their own power. That's it. Well, not only that, but there, it's also about seizing opportunity. They have hijacked the story and turned it into one of continued victimhood with the Democrats rallying around her. Now they've, they're actually turning it to their benefit. And where's the Republican Party on this? The Republican Party needs to be saying, no, they're down there at the border with their phony with their phony photo op. They do nothing to push back against this cultural Marxist movement. The Republican, instead of Stefanik going, yeah, thanks to my good, you know, questioning on, on no, this, she's not, she ain't going anywhere because of your questions. This has nothing to do with protecting Jewish students and everything to do with the cultural Marxist movement that is the war against white people in this country and identity politics and systemic discrimination against white people and against Jews under the, under the phony guise of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And typical, typically, Ram, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is the only one that's able to articulate the issues that are going on around language and around diversity and equity and inclusion. And he can, and, and he's, and he's able to do it successfully, and, and not because he is a person of color, but he's just got his talk about having his finger on the pulse and the and an ability to articulate the issues it's absolutely extraordinary we're going to take a break we come back we're going to play this clip of Vivek Ramaswamy turning the tables around on I think it's an MSNBC uh gal oh NBC about language and I think it sparks an interesting it sparked in me thoughts about not just about how the left is using language and the definitions around issues against us and why we need to get better at fighting back on it. So stay with us. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break, we were talking about Claudine Gay and how uh, the left is, you know, seizing upon the story and, and flipping it around, trying to make it be to their benefit. Talking about how I think you mentioned it, Sesame Broccolini. Plagiarism is the new tool of conservatives to target a black woman. Um, uh, it's it's just absolute um, lunacy, um, but they do it. They do it quite convincingly, and a lot of people. Uh, and, and a lot of people, you know, are buy into this kind of insanity because it tells them what they want to hear, right? Because the left and people want to hear, they don't, the message doesn't sell as well um, <coughs> of work hard, right? And earn something uh, and you, you shouldn't get anywhere in life unless you've earned it. Meritocracy uh, isn't, isn't as good of a message, it doesn't sell as easily as, hey, you deserve to get whatever you want in life strictly because of your skin color. Um, so the rallying behind Claudine Gay, um, if anything, they hope to just drown out the, the stories of plagiarism um, while also um, uh, continuing to push the false narrative of white supremacy being the greatest threat uh, to this country. Vivek Ramaswamy was asked about white supremacy by NBC's Dasha Burns and talk about turning it around on her 
who she looked like she looked like she was about to be outed as Jane Doe 107. Sesame, if you can play the clip. Let's talk about what, uh, white supremacy and what happened last night for a moment, because when you were talking to reporters last night, you called white supremacy a myth. When someone asked you about Dylan Roof, you said you didn't know who that is. Have you looked up what happened in 2015? Yeah, yeah look, I, I've, said, I've, I've said this last night. Invidious racial discrimination is wrong no matter how it happens. But if a Washington Post reporter is asking me almost like a catechism, whatever question I said, I'm against invidious racial discrimination, whatever form it takes, but says, do you denounce white supremacy? It's incumbent on us for us to define what white supremacy is. I wrote my book, Woke Inc., and I've written about the detailed understanding of what the popular understanding of these terms have come to mean. Do you believe punctuality is a vestige of white supremacy, Dasha? Look, because if you don't, then you have a disagreement about many of the people who are defining those terms or the written word or the use or the nuclear family. This is these aren't my words. These are the words of intellectual proponents from Ibram Kendi to the Ayanna Presley's to BLM that have said these are vestiges of white supremacy. So Mr. we can't have it both ways. Do, we have to have you an choose, honest you discussion. Straw man I'm not, Last this is not a straw man. You brought, you brought up Jesse Smollett as the, oh, the best Jussie example Smollett of white supremacy. Jesse Smollett was the hottest supremacy. thing in news in the back of a fake yes. actual attack on him that we have to contend with. And, this is and actually, yet, and yet, you have examples the like the Buffalo shooter in New York just in 2022. But you are also cherry picking when you bring up. Yeah, and we can end it there. I meant I meant it in, it to end it sooner so that you and I could discuss about how uh, he absolutely nailed it there because you know what what the left is doing. She she, uh, you know she, and it fully played out what the game is. Right? They have seized control of language and of words and of definitions, and they've they've pushed that as fact when it's opinion when it's not. When it's not fact, it's just opinion, how they see it, kind of like the definition of insurrectionist, right? And what an insurrection is. And then they put you on the spot. Do you denounce white supremacy? And he's like, well, hold up. Define white supremacy because we're so crazy in this country to where now we're calling a peanut butter sandwich white supremacy. So it is so Vivek Ramaswamy tapped into something that really needs to be discussed more fully. Because instead of the knee-jerk reaction from Republicans to be like, oh, yes, of course I denounce white supremacy. And then you play into whatever the definition is or whatever they declare is white supremacy, right? To hold up and say, no, what, what, what do you mean by white supremacy? Because I'm not buying into all your definitions. He's absolutely correct, isn't he? Oh, he's 100% correct. I mean, it goes to show you just how insidious the left is. They've conquered the institutions in this country and they've used language in order to do it. And we have to start pushing back because, like you're saying, white supremacy doesn't really mean white supremacy. When leftists say white supremacist, they mean someone who cares about the Constitution or checks and balances or preventing their children from being mutilated in the name of transgenderism. It has nothing to do with any sort of racial ideology or supremacist movement. And that's what Vivek is really pointing out in other words. They've moved the goalposts. They've rewritten the terms. They've redefined everything the same way they redefined the word inflation to get out of an uncomfortable conversation. That's all they do is rewrite, redefine, revise. It's revisionist history over and over and over again. And it's all meant to subvert the truth, which is that we are going through an unprecedented time of anti-white bias, bigotry, hatred, and violence. Let's not forget that on Christmas Day, of 2023, some guy stabs two two teenage girls in the Grand Central uh, Station in New York City. 
chanting about how he wants to kill white people and how he wants to oh, eviscerate white, white people. people. I want all yeah. white people dead. So if there is any kind of, I hate this term, I don't really want to use it, but if there is any kind of structural racism out there, it's against white people. That's a fact. Yeah. And yeah, everything absolutely. that's happened to Claudine Gay, the fact that she's being protected after clearly violating the school's policy goes to show that that's true. That is, that's what we're dealing with. Absolutely. And we've got to, you know, stop allowing them to redefine terms. We are at the point to where we now don't have a definition of women. Mm-hmm. We've, we've allowed mm-hmm. them to seize control over language to the point to where we are denying basic biology and children are being mutilated. We need to be stepping up like Vivek saying, you know, do do you denounce white supremacy? Well, it depends on your definition of white supremacy, because no, I don't think a Peter butter sandwich. I don't think punctuality is white supremacy. Do you? Do you believe a peanut butter? No, that's insane. And I, I like how and she didn't say only, that it's and insane, And we also though. need to be pushing back. What's that? Well, she should, you, you would think that she would push back and say, of course, that's crazy. But she didn't. She was speechless no. like a deer in the headlights, which means right. that he was right above the target. He hit the nail right. on the head. She, she's grilling him about white supremacy. She couldn't even define it herself. That should tell right. you everything we need to know. She's bringing up some shooter in Buffalo. Yep. And then you're right. Then he could have brought up, you know, the, that, you know, and, and white, what does white supremacy have to do with uh, somebody shooting? I mean, all crime is a hate crime. Is anybody, does anybody murder somebody and slaughter anybody? I mean, that's stupid in the name of love. This is why we needed to never go down the road, by the way, of hate crimes legislation. Mm-hmm. Another aspect mm-hmm. in which, obviously, they've taken the definitions. I've talked about man versus woman. We need to be, we need to be, anytime that's brought up, we need to be saying no. There is no such thing as multiple genders. It's either male or female. End of discussion. Moving on. Another thing, they've changed the definition of vaccines. Um, they've, uh, they've successfully, one of the reasons why we have the issue with the border is because they, we, we now know, know how many, I, I specifically change when I'm referencing an article or something about it. I refer to illegal aliens. We have, we went from illegal aliens to, uh, they, they conflated illegal and legal immigration. And now just everybody uses the term migrant. These are illegal aliens. That is a legal term. And that, one of the reasons why I talked last hour about Mayorkas getting away with saying crap like, oh, we've got, uh, you know, I'm working with all the other countries around the world. We're trying to deal with the displaced, you know, people issue that we've got caused by climate change. He wouldn't even 10 years ago, he would have been laughed off of camera or 15 years ago for saying something like that. But because they used words, see, and they massage, they, it, it's called softening the mark. In the con game, they've softened the mark with changing the minds of Americans over time with use of words related to illegal immigration. Oh, no, no person is illegal. Yeah, they are by very definition. We've got to take back if we're going to take back our country. One of the ways we've got to do it is by taking back our language. It means words matter. Words matter. And I hope that when it comes to this Trump town hall, that he that he mentioned some of that. Um, when it comes to white supremacy, words matter and those definitions matter because our counterterrorism unit in the FBI is not out looking and spending their time worrying about how many of these 75,000 special interest aliens that have come across are in sleeper cells right now planning to kill us. No, they're out looking for Sally Joe, who spoke up at a school board meeting, 
because it's like you said, Sesame, the definition of a white supremacist these days is anybody who believes in limited government, questions the outcome of an election, and speaks up at school board meetings. Speaking of words, we're going to take a break, but we've got more to share with (laughs) y'all. So come on back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So uh, Judge um, Preska did release a bunch of documents tonight, by the way, and we haven't had a chance to really look through them. Uh, we will be doing that uh, in regards to the Epstein documents. I think it was 37 documents released tonight. No, Jane uh, Doe uh, 107 was not mentioned But what was, was really incredibly disturbing accounts of um, Prince Andrew. Uh, Orgies with underage girls, multiple underage girls. One victim describing how he, quote, grabbed her breast. And uh, Epstein um, bragging about taking a young girl's virginity. Just really, really deeply disturbing stuff. There had been rumors today that um, Prince Charles might abdicate the throne given expectations of what might come out. I think that that's, I don't believe that for a second. This isn't, you know, Prince Charles wasn't the one involved in here. And Andrew has already been stripped of his HRH and other royal duties. What needs to happen, though, is this man needs to be prosecuted. He is a child rapist. Shunning is too good for this man. I am absolutely sick to my stomach at what these perverts did to these children. Your thoughts, Sesame? Yeah, it's disgusting. It's it's the it's the actual work of the devil. I mean, I don't know yes. when it, it just it feel at this point it feels like so many people in high society or whatever celebrities, people in the royal family, whoever it is, for some reason these people just can't keep their hands off of kids off of underaged youth. I don't I don't understand why. This is all seemingly pretty depraved stuff, but especially with kids, it's it's just so sickening in every single way possible. It it makes my skin crawl, it makes me want to throw up. It truly is just horrifying. And I agree, shunning is not enough. It's no. not enough to shun and to shame, although both of those things have their place. I want to see something more. I don't know what, but it's just so shunning is, disturbing. Shunning is for for shunning is um, for people that haven't committed crimes, but mm-hmm. you don't want anything to do with them. They're you know, mm-hmm. like you know, Oprah. I don't believe Oprah is a sexual predator, but you know, I just think that you know her behavior and who she is and stuff being revealed about her is somebody that I wouldn't never want to bump up against. Um, she she deserves to lose uh, all the respect and rep- that she's had. Um, but you you rape a child, you need to be in prison. Yeah, pure evil. Pure evil, and I and I don't care, and I don't know anything about the about the Britain's legal system, um, but of course I don't believe that anything will happen to Prince Andrew, and of course that pig doesn't care that he he's lost his HRH, and he doesn't he, he's not one of the working royals because this dude doesn't want to work in the first place. No, he wants to run around, and and who knows how many young young girls he continues to rape? Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you, they never they pedophiles never they're not rehabilitatable. They're no, not rehabilitatable. No. There's this whole 
again, modern progressive liberalism restorative justice idea that you can somehow get through to people when they're when they're committing heinous evil acts. There is no way this lock him up, put him behind bars, remove him from the rest of civilized society so he cannot hurt himself and he cannot hurt other people. Because when you protect someone, that's what you're doing. It's it's yeah. it's a disgust. You are the enabler. All these people that have been bearing the list. All the meat, all the news outlets that have been downplaying the findings or any of the names that might be on it, they're all complicit in what is seemingly a whole lot of sex trafficking, human trafficking, pedophilia, and depravity. Well, but that's what the Democrat Party's all about. You look at drag shows for kids, the mutilation, the pornography in our schools. Uh, the, the, the Democrat, the, uh, they are the party of depravity. They are the party that, that, that is behind minor attracted persons. They're mm-hmm. wanting to normalize and then legalize sex between adult and chil- adults and children. That's one of the reasons why they didn't want these flight logs, re- you know, re- revealed. You know, they want this to, you know, to continue. They, and, and, and they, they certainly don't want it criminalized. Well, they also they want it. They want it under the rug until it becomes so normalized that by the time mm-hmm. it gets released, it's like, eh. and by the way, let me remind everybody that remember when Whoopi Goldberg on the view said when, when Roman Polanski raped a 13 year old girl that he plied with drugs and alcohol, that it wasn't quote rape, rape in her mind. Wow. That was Whoopi Goldberg. Wow. She's an absolute disgusting excuse for a human being talk about shunning i I, you know she's somebody else that i I literally would not cross the street and spit on her if she burst into flames to say that a 13 year old it wasn't rape rape this is what we're dealing with so we we certainly have uh something to be working for tomorrow night show do we not (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um we've got congressman andy biggs is going to be with us tomorrow night to talk about the border and i'm going to say to him unless there's deportation plans shut the government down uh you know uh and and defund all of their priorities uh there's there's really nothing that anybody wants to hear from the republican party so we're going to talk to biggs tomorrow night um we will be reporting on all the revelations of the epstein uh flight logs and whatever other breaking news happens, we certainly want to hear from you guys. Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. You can, also, our 24-hour hotline, 844-814-5227. Peace out. Keep your head on a swivel. And we'll see you tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs>